I'm at a crossroads of saying what I really want to say because I feel like it's a time in the world where people should, you know, say what they want to say and then not because there's still that fear of hurting other people's feelings and so many feelings are being hurt right now in various ways and so if we can mitigate that ourselves it seems like we should but mostly that fear comes from wanting the truth and wanting to say the truth i had a really interesting um happenstance today I got to see an old crush, and I got to acknowledge the minute that I acknowledged I was crushed, but it was just a story in my lifetime, and whatever, it came and it went, it passed, and it wasn't because I was attached to a certain future, it was more of that feeling of getting built up really high for a minute, you know, a minute might actually be a couple hours, but being built up high and then crushed. And that's a hard place to be. It really messes up a person's equilibrium, and I try and keep a pretty equal equilibrium because I hate the highs and lows. I hate how they go back to back and uh, then there are just lows that last a really long time like highs never last that long and so then you're back in the lows and it's hard to mitigate so I decided to do my yard sale again this evening and again no expectations but I did have a little bit of sense of hope because yesterday was pretty cool I mean I only sold one painting but I got to talk to like eight interesting people without much advertising just being on a walking path and a driving path and so tonight I wanted do that same thing but um the energy around the house with my roommate was off and it didn't really have the same vibe that it had when I just got into action and did something alone and then invited him in the only person who really stopped was a person who drove by and saw the sign, yart sale, Y-A-R-T, not yard, yart, sale. And he was like, that's cool, I'm going to stop. So he stopped. At this point, I had to disassociate and just listen to my make art playlist. Because uh, the vibe was too much. And I needed to listen to power songs that I enjoy. And I was creating at the time, so I was just like, listen to this, get into what you're doing, and be that. And uh, so this car drives by, parks, wants to check it out, looking at the artwork, and then I look up. And this person starts talking to me and is like, I know you. It's like a dude I had such a huge crush on in junior high and high school. It's ridiculous. In high school, we were in the same art class. And it was when I was really, um, had been motivated to work on my massage techniques via spirit and to get into healing. Um... And so, of course, you know, there are the cute boys you like, and you're more than happy to give them a massage. 
Uh, and this would happen in art class occasionally. And of course, this guy was on the sports teams. And so it just seemed excusable on every way. But it was really my awkward way of trying to be helpful and also showing, hi, I'm a good woman and I want to help you. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Nothing ever comes from it. But he always likes my art. And even though he's kind of an asshole, he's nice to me. Which is great when you're a dork in high school and this is a popular person. So four years after I graduate, I'm back home visiting. And I'm already kind of in a weird, awkward situation with the people that I know at that point in time. Because I had uh, moved back and wasn't really connected with high school friends or anything like that. So I was making new friends which were essentially young people who are from smaller towns in the state that came to the capital city. I, I met them at, at a place called Goofy's, all these random people. It was a place I worked. It was a drive-through bar, or drive-through um, liquor store with a bar and a walk-in liquor store attached, but it was a shit show. So I'm 22, <clears throat> I'm in a weird situation with these friends of mine. I'm hanging out with the girlfriend of one of my friends who I'm starting to clue in on is cheating on my friend and she's using me as some sort of scapegoat to get away with cheating and this is becoming obvious to me and upsets me. But whatever, I go to this outside-of-town uh, cowboy bar, you would call it, uh, with her. And then this guy comes walking in. And at 22, he's looking like, you know, not... He's looking like the gr more grown-up, appropriate version of my high school dreams, right? Because I had the crush already. He was wearing a white v-neck t-shirt which he was wearing today as well. It's fucking weird. Um, and, like, some, like, loose-fitting jeans. And I think he was in flip or, like, either flip-flops or Birkenstocks back in the day. But today, he walked up in essentially the same outfit with tennis shoes and a gray golfer cap. And when I looked up, I was like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing good. How are you? I know you. And I'm like, what's your name? Because it just, his face didn't, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a different part of his soul that's speaking through the face. But I didn't just initially recognize him. Also, I didn't have my glasses on. And I don't have horrible vision, but for the distance of about like 20 feet uh, glasses help. He says his name and I'm like, oh dude, I know who you are. You're the only one I know with that name, you know, kind of thing. Well, I think it, I don't say it. And then I'm like, wow, okay. I have to reconcile myself. I have to reconcile the part of myself that had this crush so many years ago. I have to crush the fact that the last interaction that we had was, it started out awesome, but it was horrible at the end, and that I'd never talk to him again. And so now it's 2001, so this is, oh, whoa. Wow, almost 20 years ago. Wow. Um, I just kept thinking about a decade, but no, I'm, I'm old. Uh, so 20 years ago, so 19 years ago, this dude and I had a run-in at the bar. And 
I was with the girl who was cheating on my friend and I wasn't impressed with her and I'm the one who drove us there and I was just kind of like this bitch is being a bitch and I'm not gonna stay here to look out for her and this guy that I used to have a crush on is like do you still paint and I'm like yeah and he's like that's so cool do you want to go back to my place I just bought a huge canvas and it would be awesome if you painted on it and part of me was like you know very much aware of the game of like come back to my place and da 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 and I didn't want to ruin it with this guy and also I had already set up a rule for myself that I didn't want to sleep with people from my own town it's uh, weird. I don't know if that's weird for people to do, but this always seemed like a cesspool and I didn't want to be involved with it, but I liked him and uh, I, I didn't have any reason. Like up until that point, he had never been horrible to me, but I saw that he was an asshole to other people. And, you know, that probably was some sort of precursor that helped me out in later relationships, like within the next year wow I separate back into that so I was like yeah let's go and he's like I'm driving I'm like okay I'll just leave my car here at the pub <sighs> he shouldn't have been driving and I should have had better discernment however we made it back to where he was living without incident safely pretty much Indeed, he did let me paint on the canvas. And we hung out and we talked. And it was really innocuous until the point of getting tired. But what he did in the amount of time that we were talking was essentially, in my opinion, blow a bunch of smoke up my ass. Which was, I love what you do tomorrow. Um, I'm going to call off of work and I'm going to take you to the Denver Art Museum and Denver's a hundred miles away. He's like, I'm gonna take you there and like let's check this stuff out. And uh, I never was super into art art museums. I I didn't I don't know. My appreciation has changed over time for the work of other people because I never really wanted to copy. I just wanted to create. But I was excited at the idea that a guy that I liked would be honing in on the things that I liked and would want to take me to this place and sh show me things apparently that he knew or whatever, you know, like feed into that. And uh, so we didn't have sex, but we spooned, cuddled. For about three, two or two or three hours, and then his mom busted in the room and started to yell at him and ask if he had been drunk driving again the night before. And I, you know, I wasn't totally asleep because I don't sleep well in places where I'm not familiar. So my eyes were wide open and she looked at me straight in the face. And she called me his little friend and basically said, do you realize he's had this many DUIs and if he gets another one, he's going to prison? And I was like, no, no, I didn't know. I like, I really didn't have the coping mechanisms or wherewithal in that situation to know how to respond accordingly. And he proceeded to just lay there and pretend to be asleep through the whole thing. And uh, when she finally, well, she said that he had parked badly in the yard and that the driver's side door of the car was still left open. And so after she left, I was like, um, can you take me back to my car and he just rolled over and said I have to be at work in an hour um so no and I was like 
well, could you at least get up and go out there and grab the phone for me so I could call someone? And that was a big uh, no as well. So I ended up walking to a payphone and like calling my friends who worked at 24-hour Kinko's. So I knew that they would be getting off of work soon because they worked the overnight and asked for them to pick me up at a grocery store that I had to walk to. I think it was like, I don't know, a mile or two miles. Um, and to take me back to my car. And they did. And I was so thankful. And that was the last time I saw that guy or talked to that guy. And it broke my heart. It literally, it, the crush crushed me. Uh, I had to let it go, you know? Like, I wondered about that canvas for years. I wondered about him. When I was still on Facebook, I creeped his page a couple times and saw that he, you know, had gotten married or whatever and had kids and I was like, okay, whatever that's about, you know, you just don't know the intricacies of people's life. Um, but pretty much I forgave it and let it go. And it was, it's, it was, it is. Just a story sometimes I tell people that I know as one of the most confusing nights of my life. And one of those hard knocks of learning when you're in your early 20s. <sighs> Apparently this guy's mom literally lives a block away from where I live. And to be recognized to be apologized to, and to be um, given some adulation for the things that I keep doing creatively is awesome, and it definitely means more to me energetically than just selling a painting, because that money will come and go really quick. Um, apparently, he had gotten into some run-ins with the law over time and recently got out of treatment and has been, as he put it, let loose back into the world. And he's realizing a lot of things. And he said, I was actually talking about you and thinking about you today. You were part of the top of my list. Of, of people that I feel like I need to apologize to. And that was kind of profound and weird, but so much worthwhile. Like, I would rather give him a painting and say, you know what, like, start your world over with my blessing. I don't necessarily want your money. I think it's more important that whatever divine intervention led you to stop did and you said what you said and that's a good step forward and so I give this a piece you know in the sense of may you actually be able to live your best life since you have a new chapter and we talked about people that we had known back in the day who were our age who have left the mortal coil in less than divine well, not less than divine everything is divine in its own way but less than palatable ways for the mortal and it's sad and he's coming into the knowing of God creation, source, being. So he's taken some baby steps there. Um, so far as I can tell, I don't fucking know everything about this guy. Um, but the fact that he feels any remorse at all for that or remembers it, because it kind of sounds like 
he was already knee deep in forgetting things. Um, he's like, yeah, when I, I was talking about you today and I'm like, well, I don't know what you could possibly say about me, but I, I just really hope it wasn't horrible. And he's like, no, not at all. And that's where it came up that I was on a list of apologies. So I think that if people want to actively do that and like honestly do that, then I completely support it. Um, I hope at the end of the day he's able to forgive himself, but he probably can't totally get there until he starts apologizing for the stuff that he's well aware of that has created a path to where he's at. So the energy at my house was not the same as yesterday. It was not at all the same. And even though nobody really wanted to stop by to see art except for him, I think it was divine and perfect that that happened. And that's something for me to really gnaw on when it comes down to um, the meaning of apologies. And I could see within him for real that there was a need to get it off his chest. And I'm not opposed to being this person's friend in a different way um, to help him be able to, like, thrive and be where he wants to go in the world. And one of the things he talked about was how it affected his family life and the people who have ultimately tried to support him multidimensionally, you know, emotionally and logically and friendship-wise over time. I'm not opposed to helping somebody like that out be able to help themselves try and reconcile things. I think that's really important. The early part of my day today, uh, I got text message from my friend who I'm helping out and doing some business with, and she had some downloads about what we could do that would kind of reconcile some of our own ancestral pain and build up to be able to cut some cords and build something new on top of what we have but it's not just to wipe it away completely it's to honor what is but make what exists better and acknowledge what hasn't been great and transform that so I think it's pretty profound that that conversation came up earlier in my day and then this came up. So if I start looking at micro patterns, I can see how what happened yesterday was more intense on a certain level or like maybe equally intense, but on a different level where it was like, and today was like, Here's an intensity building, 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 building. And then when it hit the peak, it was like, bam. And then it had the downfall of like, and what the is, is pretty much just what's actually happening right in my proximity of my home life. And not so much about my connection with other people. But something about your home life is intimate. And something about what happened with the apology was intimate. And what happened yesterday with the slow build was like, here is a process of weird joy reaching a peak and having a slow kind of trickled down 
seep into it feeling until it's like cut off. And when it was cut off, it was brutal. And so that's kind of the energy that brought today in as well is like, okay, now we're going to start off on a slow roll up of brutal. We're going to have a drop down of release. That's small. We're going to go back up. We're going to drop down, have another release. That's small. And then we're going to reach this other peak that is not at all expected, not at all um, predicted, you know, like, and the thing that upset me most about the downslide of that interaction is my roommate saw it. And he's like, wow, I haven't really seen you interact with people you knew from, like, here before, you know, from, like, high school and stuff. And he's like, you seemed really desperate. And I wanted to fucking flip out. Because I feel like I actually was feeling comp When I realized who I was talking to and that this is got to be mutually awkward for both of us, I stepped into my confidence, not my insecurity. I didn't feel, the only thing I felt awkward about was the fact that if it, if he didn't know and I didn't know that that was going to happen, then that's the most awkward part is like you're facing somebody that you haven't seen in 20, almost 20 years. Um, and the only reason it should be awkward for my roommate is because of our own history and past and all this stuff. But to say that I acted desperate, I didn't want anything from him. I didn't expect an apology. I didn't expect him at all. I didn't expect him to like the work that I do. Um, and then at the end of the day, my roommate's like, but he didn't buy anything. It's like, you have no idea what energy means to me, dude. Like, I would prefer to have somebody be bold, even if it is kind of awkward, than get money for something and pretend like nothing ever happened, you know, like, not how I roll. I'm pleased with how things went down in that interaction. I'm unpleased with the fact that the first thing that my roommate has to says to me has to say to me after it all you know unfolds and he's gone is telling me that I seem desperate. Desperate for what? You're picking up on the energy that's still residual of the youth of myself that used to have very strong feelings for a long period of time for a person that I knew I could never have or be with. And I was way more awkward back then, but today I feel like I was confident. I stepped into the fact that I talked about the things I was creating and why and I asked questions about him and his life it wasn't one-sided and it sucks to have that kind of um, feedback I guess which I know is all based on him and how he feels about me and what he sees when I interact with other people. That's about him. But no, it wasn't desperate. And it, it didn't even actually feel awkward to me. There was a weird part of me that was like, I'm proud of this person for doing what they're doing right now. And I'm proud of them for apologizing and acknowledging that everything that happened in 2002 which was one night of, I don't know, I had way more expectations back then, even though I still didn't have a lot. Just to come back around through the dimension of time and space to try and make it right. 
my roommate doesn't understand this because he constantly is apologizing for stuff that he doesn't change at all. And I don't know how much this person I saw today has changed, but I'm going to just take it at face value because I don't, I don't like beating people down, but I also hate being lied to. And what good is an apology if it's half-assed or not genuine, just knowing that it's, um, it's a momentary excuse to kind of get away with stuff later. Don't fucking get it. Don't, I don't know. I appreciate it all around. I'm thankful that I'm going about things the way that I am because I think it leaves space for the opportunity to have things like apologies happen just in a synchronistic kind of way and you know you can be on the outside looking in and have your view about it but at the end of the day it's the two people who are making those amends or engaging in that situation on the levels that they know and it's not really for other people on the outside to judge or have any opinion about if especially if it's as innocuous as what today was and when I say innocuous it's just like All I can do is appreciate that the opportunity came up and this is one less thing that once I talk about it and write about it and, and you know, process it for myself, won't be such a big deal in my heart or in my head as one of those past stories that might keep me limited or embittered. Because I really don't want to be embittered toward people. It's a terrible feeling. And the embitterment, you know, only lasts for so long. Um, Given participation on either side and time passing and separation away from those feelings. Like, I don't know how people who have been married for years who go through massive personal conflict uh, actually deal with it. I'm huge on running away from stuff. I'm huge, or I have been anyway, that my the way that I operate is when things get super uncomfortable for me, I'm looking for my way out. Because... In the time before that, then it'll be the fight. And I'm like fighting to be heard. I'm fighting to be understood. I'm fighting to be seen in the ways that are are in alignment with respect, but it's still a fight. And I don't want to fight anymore, man. I, I just want to be myself and be true to that. And hold that space. And whatever happens, happens. That's that's the flow I enjoy. And I, what I realize is more often than not, if I'm by myself and I can already build myself into that positive energy and have even a modicum of belief in myself, then amazing things happen. And I meet interesting people and have interesting situations happen. But when the weight is heavy of emotional burden and there is conflict, it completely shuts down the conduit that I have to these other more impressive situations. So, I guess for, for the listener, think to yourself about how you thrive and how you communicate and how what you say affects other people and how you act affects other people. I'm very attuned to feeling abandoned. I very much have the response of a person who 
would rather leave than be put into abandonment. But certain attitudes and actions are what bring on the feeling that abandonment is just right around the corner. And disrespect is a huge one. Contradicting what one says, what they believe in, versus what they actually believe in action speaks volumes. Being able to communicate forthright, straightforward, in a direct line, and answering direct questions, in my opinion, and my experience is very important because I want to have things clarified. I think if you listen to the things that I produce, I try and talk as directly as possible while giving as much information as possible while trying to express the internal workings of how my perception is taking in the information and where it leaves me at the end of the day. I think this is important. I think that this is a a good way to communicate with one another and to experience communication with ourselves. And I find a hard time in my living situation having that met on the same level. So definitely I have to grow and change in different ways. I'm by no means perfect, but I think in communication being as direct as possible and asking the right questions and not interrupting each other to get to the actual point is hyper important. Pretty much that's just my opinion on that. Um, I appreciate my listeners. I appreciate the fact that I have the ability to just record these things and put them up. And I know I don't have a huge audience, but maybe someday I'll have a bigger audience. And they'll be appreciative of having somebody talking the way that I do about the things that I do because they're relatable enough to see reflection because you wouldn't be finding me or listening to me if there wasn't some of that that is true in you. I appreciate um, my roommate regardless and all of the contributions that he gives to my life even if at times it absolutely makes me want to stab my eyes out. I do appreciate it. I think that a concentration people should have a little bit more if they want to get from A to B with their thoughts and feelings, especially in interaction with other people, is to start asking the people we're communicating with to define their words, their terms, and their perceptions. Because you can use the word I'm sorry a lot. You could use the word I love you too much. You could use any sort of apologetic kind of phraseology and then backtrack on it two minutes later. What we need to know is like, I I feel like love is one of these huge words where it's important we should get clarification. Everybody says I love you. Some people more than others. But everyone has a unique and personal definition of how they perceive love and how they give love. And it's become such a generic term that since we don't work to find the common ground, or at least, excuse me, the comprehension of another person's perceptive definition of it, then you just have two people who are using the same word, but ultimately speaking different languages. So when we understand what I'm sorry means, like, what are you sorry for? When you say I love you, but what is your definition of love? When we start to hone in on that with the people that we care about most, then we can see how they try to express their love and how they expect or want love to be shown 
to them in return. And so it's like, oh yeah, love, peace and love, man. Well, not everybody has the same definitions of those things. And it would behoove us all to really try and find where everybody's at and listen and see how that fits in with how we can be compatible people so that, you know, there are probably plenty of people in the world who have been loved, but they didn't feel the love. And that can be for a lot of different reasons, such as there are plenty of people out there who are very abusive, but they say, I love you all the time. And so it's like, how could you, your actions speak louder than words. How can you believe somebody loves you when their actions are harming you or hurting you or purposely trying to make you feel insecure, inept, all this stuff. Like love, in my opinion, in my definition, is not something that we use as a a tool to warp the minds of people into what we want them to do. And I see and have experienced a lot of that in my life. Um, so love for me, it isn't about money. You can't buy me love. Um, it isn't about money. It isn't about the word itself having any value. Like I feel love when I feel my best self, when I'm not in the middle of tumultuous behavior, that brings me down to low points that because you can express love while still expressing disappointment and that maybe you um, don't agree. I believe that that's true, but it's how you maneuver it. And I by no means am a professional at this. I haven't mastered it yet. I don't know if I will in this lifetime, but I know what does and does not feel appropriate. And what I know is the word love itself, it holds no value unless the people who use the word give it value and understand the value of it from each end. So maybe a dime is worth a lot to you just because you love dimes. And it's just 10 cents to me. And if every time I pay in dimes, your heart is breaking because you love dimes, well, uh, you know, the perception is just often different. And I don't by any means want to equate love to money, but many people do. And many people try and show or express their quote-unquote love through money because they don't understand that there are different ways to express our affection toward one another and to support each other and to actually be there. That might, you know, being there for people is hard and that's not everybody's forte. And so if it isn't their forte, it's easy to compensate for that presence with presence, you know, Like, I can't be here, but take this gift. And it's like, but I don't want the gift. I want you. And people don't understand always that they themselves and what they bring to the table is the greatest gift, is the greatest present, is their presence and actually acting in accordance of what love is where it it brings somebody up to their best and highest place so they feel value they feel value in their soul and in their heart and in their being and what they're doing and you know if i if i've learned anything it's it's about that and i've seen how love and sorrow or apology play out and ways that to me become way too 
attached not only to fiat, but the the most tangible, right? Like, <laughs> love or affection sometimes sometimes isn't any more tangible than the need for a hug or somebody to hold your hand or to look at you in the eyes while you're speaking to them. The tangibility is in the physicality that we're already gifted with. These are our bodies. This is our system. These are our microcosms of a greater world that we're working with on the daily. Why are we bringing other things into kind of um, appease a feeling? When the feeling people want through the definition of love is ultimately connection. Feeling that connection and through that connection, feeling some peace and through that peace, feeling connected to a greater whole, greater puzzle. And within that support structure, getting invigorated to greater express the individuality and uniqueness of their own peace within the whole. I really do love people and I love people because I love that they're unique and I love that they surprise us at the most random times. I'm reminded of this from today and it is part of my definition of love. I also love how our uniqueness and our choices intersect into taking us on different paths that can lead back to other places and that we can gain knowledge by honoring those paths and honoring our own existence, honestly, to be able to keep going. I've talked about suicide and the desire to die. Um, and that was one of the conversations that came up today is all the people that we had known who are our peers who passed away in traumatic ways and how that shifts your brain to have some sort of connection to your mortality and your purpose for being alive. And I had to face all that stuff when I was way younger and I still get in points that are not suicidal, but just like, I'm done with being here on earth. I'm done with the sadness. I'm done with the pressure. And I just want to be back with source. I just want to be back with God. I just, I know it's not going to be like there isn't still work to do there, but this work is brutal. But I also acknowledge like you came here for a reason and you haven't yet acknowledged maybe what your reason is. I think that my reason is to actually be here to talk to people, but I don't want to do it conventionally. And so this is my unconventional way of expressing that part of myself. So you, you few listeners can get little tidbits on how I feel about things based off of my experiences, because somebody stopped me from not existing and that was a human person, but that was a spark of God. And so I'm still here. And I'm still having to talk to people. And back in the day, nobody seemed to think that they had anything in common, much more much more than like the sports they played or the school they went to or the girls they liked or the food they liked to eat. It, I I felt very unrelated for most of my life, but when I realized that I couldn't leave yet and that there would be people stepping in my way if I tried to get rid of myself I had to gain a different perspective which is okay well if I if I'm not allowed to leave why am I here what am I supposed to be doing and I'm gonna say that things like sitting out on my front yard having a yard sale is a reason to be here for nights like this when somebody I haven't seen in almost 20 years has an apology, but also reminds me of a bunch of other things 
that led me to today. And I'm glad I'm here today. I do think I have something to share. I do think I'm special. Um, And I'm not tooting my own horn. It's taken a long time to reconcile that. But I think that everybody has that within them. And so maybe that is the message, right? Is your highest self is your biggest fan and is totally in love with you. And your higher self is connected to God. It is a creation of the whole. It is fueled by the Trinity and our interactions and our own spark of free will that allows us to ride various paths into whatever outcomes. I'm happy to be here to help people if they actually feel helped by it. And I think today was a little bit of one of those reminders that, yeah, I do. I do have that capability. I don't, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be a guru. Nothing. I just want to remind people of how divinely curated they are as pieces of artisanship that come from that which is and will always be. I hope you enjoyed this little talk. I think you're all beautiful. And I I hope that you look at tomorrow or this next moment or right now. I hope you look at yourself and see how divine you are and feel inspired to take whatever step it is you need to today to reassert that to yourself. Not to other people. Other people may be involved. But reassert to yourself that you're worthy you're beautiful, you're supported, you're unique, and you also have a purpose, even if you don't know it yet, even if you're 40 or 50 or whatever your age may be, you're never going to totally figure it out. But every day you get the opportunity to explore the greater cosmic kind of jigsaw puzzle And see where your peace fits in. And the day that you find that your peace fits in, you're going to feel so great. But you also have to realize the puzzle is never finished. And sometimes what your purpose in the puzzle is going to be once your place is in is to help others find their place in the puzzle as well. And to appreciate the greater picture as it unfolds. I love you. I think we're on to good things. Be well.